0: Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience, and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background, combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy, have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. This is Marie Menaceri, where energy and medicine meets, and today we have a guest. We have Marilyn Richards, who is a healing coach and counselor with Northwest Natural Health, a naturopathic physician group based in Seattle, Washington. She works with those with cancer and serious illnesses, inspiring people to enhance their natural ability to heal and move through blocks to lead to purposeful and rich lives. As a two-time survivor of lymphoma, Marilyn's first-hand experience with cancer combined with her intuitive insight provide powerful tools for those seeking clarity and empowerment in their healing process. And welcome, Marilyn. It's so wonderful to have you here. Hi.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here, Marie. Yeah.
0: We've had you on the show before. About a year and a half ago, we were figuring that out, the timetable, correct? That's right. Yeah. And that was before you were working in the the healing center that you're now a part of. Yes, that's right.
1: So how's that going? Are you enjoying it? Oh, it's so much fun. I just love it. I love the people and everything about it is fantastic.
0: Oh, that's so great. And um, you yourself are a survivor of cancer, although I loved the term that you used before we went on the. Air. Thriving beyond yeah. surviving. Is that yeah. how you phrased yeah. it?
1: Yeah, I, I just really believe that everyone has the possibility, no matter what. Occurs whether it's cancer, serious illness, major stress, financial disaster, to move from surviving to really thriving.
0: Oh, I just think that's lovely. And it's so true. You know, there are a lot of people that you know in your practice and I know in mine. Marilyn is a colleague of mine and a friend um, who go beyond all those terrible tragedies that, you know, actually transform their life, right, in my opinion, enormously so, and have wonderful, amazing, thriving vital lives, yeah, right? So that's that's what you focus on in your practice then.
1: I really do. And um, it's not always evident or easy to see when you're in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. to ask what's the opportunity here, or what might be the lesson, or sometimes even more challenging, what can I do about it now? But therein lies the power uh, for you, and always knowing that you have choice, and you always have control, Mm -hmm. even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that 's really the essence of my work and um And it really stems from my own experience with cancer. Sorry to say,
0: oh, I think that 's a wonderful thing. I think life experience helps people to be great teachers and coaches and you know, inspire those to move through something really challenging, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, if I recall well, when you had your second diagnosis, yeah. I think you decided not to do
1: traditional therapy. Is that true? Well, I will tell you, I was up for it. The doctor uh-huh. said, we're not doing it. Really? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Here's what they said. L- the kind of lymphoma that I had, Yes. really, um, I went through a first round of uh, six rounds of chemo, very rigorous, very, you know, I lost all my hair and right. uh, very debilitating. And then... Um, with your first later, diagnosis, yeah, right? with mm-hmm. the first treatment. And then when it came back,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, I felt a small lump again and went to the doctor and they said, you know, you look so great, you feel great, obviously, and, you know... We can't take a biopsy because of where it is. So why don't you just go home? We're really not going to recommend any treatment. Lymphoma, it comes, it goes. We don't I really... <laughs> love that. I didn't love it at the you time. You didn't? Oh, my gosh. Because, right, I wanted to do something. Right, right. And let's cut it out. Let's, <laughs> let's you know, get me chemo. Yeah. And yet, um, honestly, Marie, when they, when they gave me that suggestion to go home and wait and call back in three months... It was my invitation to say, you must get in action. And what can I really do? Because they weren't really, you know, God bless them. That was the best recommendation. Oh, absolutely. Medically. Yeah. But it was my invitation to go deeper and really look and see what changes was I willing to make? Because I believe, and I know you do too, illness always carries a message of change. Absolutely. And those that heal and heal well embrace and adopt changes huge changes, right? Yeah. You know, they can be career changes. They can be relationship
0: changes. They can be, wow, I'm going to move to Argentina and live in a really cool shack on the side of an ocean.
1: Yeah. You know, and so what were some of the changes that you've made so far oh. in your self-discovery? Gosh, well, the first thing I did was just look at my life. And um, after I picked myself up off the couch and uh-huh. wiped my tears away, <laughs> and, you know, cancer, cancer's back, you know, certainly yeah. it's frightening. Yes. But then I decided to do a little life evaluation. And Um, what I saw was that there, in my, in my view of my life, there was just a lot of drudgery and not enough joy. Mm -hmm. So I bought a kayak and I called my girlfriends and a few of them bought that too. And we began to enjoy ourselves in it, in a really deep way, a way that deeply resonated with me because I love being on the water. And, Uh um, and I also looked at my career and I owned an advertising agency with some other people at that time. And, and I just noticed how unsatisfied I was with that, mm-hmm. and even though it was successful and going well, it wasn't right for me. I had changed mm-hmm. so much during the cancer experience, mm-hmm. so I began to look at another, you know, other possibilities in terms of career. And um, sure enough, what had happened was. My phone began to ring and other people who had cancer came to me for Started thought.
0: calling you Started for calling. advice. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, Marilyn's doing great, even her doctors don't want to do <laughs> traditional treatment. They're sending her home to <laughs> enjoy her life, you know. Yeah,
1: that's right. And yeah. so I spent every, you know, Tuesday at the coffee shop coaching <laughs> others and then then sure enough eventually it became a career. Yes, it's beautiful too. It's wonderful. Oh, I'm just thrilled that right. you know and, and if I certainly believe that uh it's not just about me. If I can do it, everyone else can do it. That's too. how I always feel. Absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah. And people are meant to, you know, learn from their experiences, to look at the whole situation, find what's troubling them or bringing stress or anxiety into their life, and then make different choices. Not get stuck in all the things that we think we have to do or that we're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. Just I, to be creative. I agree. And, you know, my, my mission now really is to be a source of inspiration and clarity and and let people know they can empower themselves. Right. And um, and I want to mention, I have my website up now. Woohoo! So it's www.marilynrichards.com. Wonderful. And just check it out and, and uh, see for yourself other ideas that exist and, and some other thoughts that are there about how to move yourself through mm-hmm. a process like mm-hmm. this. So, you know,
0: you're working in a lovely naturopathic clinic an office with holistic practitioners and whatnot. And so are you noticing more of a trend um, with patients who are diagnosed with debilitating illnesses where there's a lot more of complementary care coming together to support people so that it's more about their decision-making rather than just a person that they just met for the first time who's making big decisions about how they're going to heal their body. Yep. I
1: really noticed how all the, the, the it, certainly in our practice, the mm. discipline of naturopathic medicine has really expanded mm. over the years. And, um what surprised There are two things that surprise me. One is how um, how closely the mind and attitude really impacts the body, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. know that intellectually, but when you see it as frequently as as we do, right? It, it's just uh, quite a remarkable. It's thing. amazing. Yeah, it's
0: absolutely amazing, and you can really see where people have already made their decisions. You know, some of my clients absolutely. who actually have had the most amazing healing opportunity, like their body is free of disease at a particular moment in their healing, and and yet I can sense that they don't really want to be here any longer, and they've given their cats away, and they've divided out their furniture, and even though their body is completely clear, and they've had like miraculous surgeries that just created incredible opportunities for their body to not have any more disease within a few months following them letting go of their belongings, you know, they're ready to... Um, have that again, have that yeah. kind of experience. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then for the majority of individuals who really do you know, perhaps want to stay here on the planet, because it's a choice, right? It's a, an, and that's a form of healing too, even leaving the body is a form of healing. I think integrating what you said, you know, options of how do we heal our body with the idea that we are incredibly powerful and that our thoughts, particularly those unconscious ones that are you know, subconsciously feeding us a, a regular basis day in and day out, that they affect the way
1: we heal. They really do, and and the second thing that surprises mm-hmm. me that I'm seeing now is the role of stress,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: how stress can really begin, uh, begin a journey, mm-hmm. and and you know you're in a fork in, a, in the road, right? We, we all are when we begin to feel let stress really take over and mm-hmm. um, begin to rule mm-hmm. what our options are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's lovely to to see this and to work work with it in. You know, with with clients and in my own life, too.
0: Right. And so that is your primary job is really to get down to the nitty gritty. What's really going on, whether it's a relationship problem or career path problem, whatever manifests in that person's life that brings them to your office, your job is to get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not how much is in their bank account or what their doctor just told them. (laughs) No. But all those subconscious, interesting pathways that are actually leading their life to where it is currently. And they believe that they don't have power or choice. And your yeah. job is to help shine the light in another direction and yeah. entice that
1: for them. And what we see is that people are so inherently wise. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're Completely. so inherently wise mm-hmm. and they already know much of what's needed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that makes our job so much easier, really, when you know that. Right. It's just a matter of asking, uh, asking the right questions and lovingly guiding them right to where they, they already know uh what needs to be done? Absolutely. When when
0: someone comes back to my office and they're thanking me for profusely for whatever has changed in their life, I always return the you know the gratitude back to them because they're the ones who do it. They walk out of the office; they have to be with themselves twenty four seven. I can't follow them around, right? We can't yeah. whisper in their ear for days and weeks, hoping that the new information sinks. They're the ones who do it. People yeah. heal themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. So why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines, Eric?
3: All right, that sounds like a good idea. Let's talk to our first caller here we've got ronnie on the line calling from seattle
2: hi there hi ronnie how you doing cool. um i have recently discovered you and i must tell you i have become an archive junkie <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to all of your shows Oh, lovely <laughs> lovely yes and this is such a pleasure and i have recently just come across some health challenges so i've been an avid nutrition reader mm. and upon discovering that i realized that i just been Really stuck in my life and just have grown for a love for that and decided to sign up for some classes and change my career and study nutrition. Lovely. So I was wondering, I wanted to ask you and see if this is something that I'm following the right path and along the lines have just some um, recent relationship challenges and just wondering if I'm at the right place and going down the right path.
0: Well, I, I know Marilyn's listening, and she's all excited. With yeah. <laughs> so what are your yeah. thoughts, Marilyn?
2: Well, I would,
1: I would ask you one uh, thing, Ronnie. What are your emotions telling you?
2: Um, you know, it's interesting because I find, as far as nutrition, I'm finding that I love it. And it's something where I just I want to help people. And I know I'm here for a reason, mm-hmm. and I, I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And i found that I've had so many challenges in my life with nutrition, and just all of a sudden things have just clicked and things have made sense, that I'd like to help people.
1: I think that's something to really pay attention to, because when we do what we love, the floodgates open in mm-hmm. every every sense of the word. And you'll begin to see it. Just pay attention uh, what begins to show up in your life. And, and I think you've actually already answered your question. Mm-hmm. Is this my path? And mm-hmm. if you love it and you feel so good and you can't wait to crack open the books... That's yeah. telling you something. <laughs> yeah, and it's easy. It seems like it's
0: easy that the information makes sense to you with not a lot of effort. Is that true?
2: It's so true. In fact, I had my first class coming up, and my kids were making fun of me and said, you're going to be the only one on this planet that actually reads their test- textbook full class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that goes to what Marilyn said when you just can't wait to crack open those books, <laughs> you know, that <laughs> that's a
2: sign. <laughs> right, Right. And then I was just wondering, just in relationship, it's just, I'm in a, a new marriage and it's the first year and finding some challenges and wondering, you know, if I am at the right place.
0: Do you want to answer that, Marilyn? Hmm.
2: <laughs> well,
1: can you say a little bit more about that?
2: Um, you know, it's interesting because um, it feels like, you know, my heart's at the right place and I just feel like, I, it's interesting because I feel like I'm more isolated. I'm still on my own where I was single for so long, and here, to me, marriage is a unity and a partnership, and I still feel like I'm alone and mm-hmm. managing things on my own. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I have something else in mind, and I, everybody that I come across tells me I'm such a giver, and right. I'm giving, you know, and, and at the same time, it's also nice, you know, to have that in return.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it seems, it seems as though, and you've been married one year? Yes. Hmm. You know, I would say, look at look at how. Recall what was there when you first got married, and mm-hmm. was there a passionate spark? Did you know with certainty when you first committed that that there was something very special there? And um, and do some introspective work on that. Do some meditation work on that, and and ask yourself if there's, you know, are you really giving of yourself to it? Because I, I don't know about you, Marie, but I really believe that. Falling in love is as much a decision as it is anything else. Mm, uh, Yeah, it certainly has been. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: I go ahead, Marilyn. Uh, go ahead oh, okay well when I'm looking at it you know year is just really fresh and new uh, so I love those ideas that Marilyn suggested you know to kind of look at that moment when you made that commitment how much passion and fun did you have you're also rapidly changing I, when I see your husband looking at you he doesn't know who you are anymore you know <laughs> he's just a little shocked as he's looking back so I think making decisions about the relationship maybe you know in terms of changing it you know in terms of not being together or whatnot wouldn't be a good idea at this point you're on this great discovery. You're falling in love with your destiny and you're changing. And we don't know exactly how you're going to end up in the next couple of years. And that might be a time where the two of you come back together, right? Mm -hmm. You know, of course, loving each other as much as you can during this whole process. But when you finally figure out who you are and you can look in the mirror and go, oh, that's who I am. Then, you know, you can really look at the sparks and the passion and see if it all mixes together. But, mm-hmm. you know, part of this is he doesn't know who you are. You're changing <laughs> your mind so rapidly, your thoughts. It, it's like as soon as you kind of make an idea, oh, this is what I believe in now and this is who I am. And he finally goes, OK, this is who she is right now. This is what she, and then you change. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, wait a minute. I always got to catch up to you. So you're running pretty quickly in your life and he's not in that same pace that you are.
2: That's very interesting. It's true because I'm growing rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I believe that. That's so helpful. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. And you know, I- Ron- Ronnie, one last thing, may I add? Mm-hmm. There, there are times in our lives when um, each of us change at, in different ways for different reasons. And I can tell you that after I was recovering from cancer, I was undergoing enormous enormous emotional, physical personality changes, all for the better. But, you know, my husband wasn't there yet and it wasn't his fault. (laughs) He wasn't there yet. And so, you know, just allow, have some patience in, in your journey as you find yourself and as he finds his.
0: Yeah. I think that's great advice. Yeah. You got enough going on. Just know that he's trying to catch up and maybe if you can reflect on that, then it won't seem so hard.
2: Okay, Okay. that's great advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the show. Have a great day. You
0: too. Bye-bye.
3: Well, you know, I've just realized we haven't even given out the phone numbers for the show today, so I want to let people know that uh, they can absolutely call in. If you're in the Seattle or Bellevue area, we'd love to hear from you at 425 373 That's 425-373-5527 or toll free uh, throughout the world at 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828.
0: Right. And some exciting news that we have coming up in July is I have bring a doctor to work week. So that means every week that we're live on the air, we're going to have a new doctor um, on the air with us. On um, the second, which is next Thursday, we'll have Dr. Sheila Dun who's a naturopath. And then on the 16th, we'll have Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, who is an anonymous who wrote a book, My Stroke of Insight. So she'll be calling us from the East Coast. She'll be live on the air. And then on the 23rd, we'll have Dr. Robin Pasquale, who's a naturopath and teaches at the University of Washington and a guest teacher at Pasteur, who now lives in Madison, Wisconsin, but she'll be in Washington at the time. And then last but not least, on the 30th of July, we'll have Dr. Asper Pajari, who's an internist and voted three years in a row, I believe it is, top doc. Currently today we have Marilyn Richards, who is a life coach and counselor for people who are going through tragic and interesting, transformative moments in her life, in their lives. And they come to you for great advice and assistance. Yeah. Mm. And your, your whole approach is really moving back or moving through the survival part of it, getting out of survival. Because that just seems like you always have to be in that place to survive. You
1: never really get to relax, right? Yeah, and it's low-level. You know it's low-level. I'm talking about energy. Right. But it's low-level energy. And, you know, you, you don't have access to those gifts that you need of intuition and creativity when all you're doing is staying in the survival mode, it's, it's tempting to remain there, Mm -hmm. but it's just not very helpful. Right. Um, I I think most of our listeners know that um, my
0: beginnings in healthcare were as a nurse and I worked as an oncology nurse. And it's so different to look at how I looked at patients or how they healed when I worked primarily in traditional medicine versus now looking at patients who are, of course, concluding or combining all kinds of ways of healing along with energy work and counseling and how much faster they move and how quickly they figure things out. And it seems that the medicine works better. You know, their naturopathic, you know, aids also work better. Everything seems to work better because we're working at all the areas of healing, not just the tissue, not just the body part, but their mind and their spirit and their heart so that they can be happy. And I loved what you said about, you know, you decided I need to be happy and you went and got a kayak, right? Because it brought you joy. Yeah. And that's really what we're doing, right, is sending, finding people, helping people to find their joy in their life because that leads
1: to the answers that they need for themselves, which yeah. can be very unique. Yeah, it is. And, and I know this for sure. If you're in survival mode, and we all do from time to time, right. no matter what the situation might be, um, you, you know, you're, you, you're, the primal brain is, is accessed. And that's all you have access to. Uh-huh. So that means you have only the choices of fight, flight, or freeze and that's it, wow, and those aren't um none of those options will help you access good solutions, right they're not very creative, no, you're frozen, right oh that's a really great way to look at it, you're frozen and stuff huh. so and and you know I, I, that's a lived experience for me, certainly the diagnosis of cancer uh not you know very few things in life are as frightening as that, so I, right. I can understand, and i do I do uh, empathize when that of diagnosis course. is the case it's just that so much more is possible mm-hmm. Right. On a regular basis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and go back to the phone lines.
3: All right. Let's go ahead and talk to Barbara calling from Bellevue right now.
0: Hi,
4: Barbara. Hi. How
0: are you? Oh, great. How are you?
4: I have a question about my relationship with my mother. I am 50 years old and I just have a hard time loving her and I can't put my finger on what she's done to make me feel this way or if it's just my own that I feel this way, but Uh, I've been trying so hard to be a good person, trying real hard this last, like, three months to be real positive, and she just came to visit me, and I just cringe, and I hate it when she's here, and I just so hard want to get past that, and I don't know where to go, or if it's me, or if it's just the way she is, and we'll never be friends, or I just don't know what to do.
0: I, first of all, I just want to congratulate you for being so courageous to say that on the air. Because, you know, we want to be perfect people and not make mistakes and be loving and good in terms of what you said. You want to be a right. good person and you are And I a good want to person. be a
4: good daughter. And I don't want to be, you know, I want to love her and I just can't find out how to do that.
0: Well, what I've noticed in my own life, and then I would, of course, love to hear what Marilyn has to say, is when I'm frustrated with someone, it's really a reflection of myself. Something I'm frustrated with myself that I'm disappointed with or unhappy with or I have these expectations about me that aren't really very realistic, and as soon as I can get to that place, because the person we're generally mad at the most is ourself. Yeah. as soon as I can get to that place and I get down to the nitty-gritty of, oh, wow, I'm mad at me for this, you know, um, th- then you can start to forgive yourself first and foremost and love yourself, which will then lead you to a place of compassion and acceptance of the other person. Does that make sense?
4: That makes great sense, and I feel like I'm like that, except for with my mother. I try so hard to be like that, and I, I say, okay, I don't, I don't maybe have to love everyone, but I have to be compassionate be nice. And I go through all the words and the emotions, but when she gets here, when she's actually in my physical presence, I just cringe, and I just can't go back to that place where I wanted to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if I may say, Barbara... It's interesting that you should call in, and I suspect there's no accidents right, yeah. involved. But when I was 22, my mom, who I loved very dearly, died. And she died within from cancer, actually, within uh-huh. a period of six months. And, you know, I was so mad at her. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was mad at her from my childhood. I was mad at her for dying. You know, I was, the whole thing, mm-hmm. my mom. And here, you know, she, so 10, 20 years went by, my mom was dead, and I never got complete with my mom. So... Um, And I must tell you that plagued me. And in fact, that Uh was a big part of my healing uh, from cancer was really understanding why was I still so angry at my mom and what good was it doing me going forward. So Uh my, my invitation to you is to really think about why it is that you might be feeling this way and imagine that it might be more about you and less about her. Mm -hmm. I can assure you, your mom probably isn't interested in doing a whole lot of changing at this point. No, I don't (laughs) see your mom (laughs) stepping (laughs) on that evolutionary
0: pathway in this lifetime. You know, everyone has free will and people can change their mind, and they do change. They They Mm -hmm. surprise me all the time. I'm always surprised by how amazing people are.
1: But, yeah, I'm I'm definitely in agreement with that one. And, you know, your your journey here, I believe, is to... um, is to accept and love her just as she is. And that may mean she'll still drive you crazy. And, you know, I have two sons and a lovely husband, and occasionally we all drive ourselves crazy, right? (laughs) That's how it is being in family. But really crucial to your well-being, I think, is is the notion of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Forgiving your mom and accepting and loving her as she is.
0: And and I think that forgiveness has to start with you. I, I know that as a, a divorced person, I'm still mad at my ex husband, and I've been divorced almost nine years, I think it is. And it dawned on me about four or five years ago, when I was even angrier, that I was really angry at myself. You know, I, I looked back at that time period of choosing to get married very young, knowing him for an incredibly short period of time, and not listening to my intuition. And so, you know, I, I could think of all the things that I'm mad about him, which isn't really going to help me. But getting down to that place of why I was really mad and who I was really mad at and then forgiving me and then remembering to enjoy the parts of our life that we had together that was good and that we both love our kids enormously. So start with yourself. Start with, you know, what you know. ask yourself, what am I mad about me regarding this situation? Because even children who are in, you know, because even though there's problems between you and your mother, it's nothing horribly abusive that I'm seeing, you know. No, it's not. Right. But even
4: that's what's so frustrating because I can't figure out why I feel like this.
0: Because you have to go back to the source, which is you. Yeah. You know, you're here for you. So children who are actually in abusive relationships with their parents, whether it's physical or emotional, they still even blame themselves. You know, yeah. deep down inside. And so start with yourself, and then, I, then I think it'll be like what Marilyn said much easier to be to be able to forgive, because now I can look at. The relationship that I had in the past with my ex-husband and he can't be the person that I wanted him to be. You know, he's, right. he's the person he is. And that's what I need to appreciate, not the person I want him to be. And and so then you'll be able to look at your mother that way and not have any too many crazy ex- expectations because your mother's a newer soul. She's a younger soul. You're an older okay. soul. And so think about it this way, that you've lived maybe two or three hundred lifetimes more than your mom. Mm-hmm. And that means you've learned a lot in that two to plus three hundred lifetimes, right? Right. And, and then you expect your mother to have the same awareness and consciousness that you do. And it's just right. not going to happen. She she needs to live two or three hundred more lifetimes. And then right. she can be where you are today, but you're going to be beyond that. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, it's challenging, but I, I actually have full confidence that you're going to resolve this within like maybe 60 days. You can have some oh. great, and Marilyn's shaking her head yes, so she has the same oh. feeling. Yeah. You know this great epiphany and go, oh
4: my gosh, I love me more and I like my mom. <laughs> is it okay to say to myself, I don't really like her, but I accept her?
1: Absolutely.
4: Or is that being negative and that will not get me where I want to go? I'd,
1: I'd focus on the positive part. My mom <laughs> is my mom and I love her you know, I love her regardless. My mom is my mom. And, you know, I'll tell you, Barbara, quite honestly, I say this from the deep, deep down in my heart. When you suddenly have a day when your mom has passed away, honestly, if you know what it's like to live without your mother, it, it ushers in a whole new appreciation. Right. And if I just may offer that as a perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. I love your mom. You know, she gave you life.
0: Well, uh-huh. you know, I, I look at life of, you know, I think that is lovely and I think it is important. But it's okay to not like certain things about her. It's okay to, you know, not be completely satisfied with the relationship, in, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So that yeah. you're not going to be, you know, lying to yourself, right? Right. You know, right. C-
4: well, yeah. here, yeah. you, you know, you should love your mother. You should be friends. And I feel like, okay, if she wasn't my mother, I probably would not be a friend of her. You know, we wouldn't hang right. out here. T- Right, And, and I've got to say, is that okay?
0: Yes. I think that's really important for people to realize. Our real family isn't necessarily our, what's connected to our DNA or our genetics. Our real family are people who can see us and be our cheerleaders for us and inspire us to be all that we are, true, deep inside mm-hmm. of us. And it's rarely family. I think those individuals who have those type of relationships with actual family members are incredibly fortunate. But it's not the norm. It's the unusual. It's very few. Um, but you can still, of course, appreciate the fact that she is here and she does care about you. You know, she yes, don't she was so happy bad. to come here on this visit. No matter what you were thinking or feeling, she was very excited about the trip.
4: Yeah, I know that. I know <laughs>
2: <happening>. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> start I with go. yourself and see what happens. Okay. Okay?
4: Thank you so much.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye. All right. So we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show and we will be right back.
3: Do you sail blindly through life with no compass, stuck in dead-end jobs and failed relationships? Do you know deep in your heart that you have a purpose in this lifetime and should be living a happier, more fulfilling life? Ainsley MacLeod is ready to walk you through the instruction based on his book, which is a simple step-by-step system for decoding your soul. He'll teach you how to live the life your soul intended and guide you to a greater sense of clarity, joy, and self-understanding all in a matter of nine spectacular days join author and psychic ainsley mcleod and hills of africa travel for soul safari in south africa this october you will experience the awesome energetic boost of the african bush the exhilarating nature of game viewing and the therapeutic leisure activities of one fabulous vacation only 32 lucky people will have access to this incredible life changing journey For more information, go to energyintuitive.com.
0: Thanks to its listeners, Alternative Talk 1150 has become the most refreshing talk radio in our area. Now we want to hear more from you. Log on to 1150kknw.com and take a brief survey. Besides helping improve your favorite station, you'll have a chance to win an overnight trip to Victoria, BC,
3: courtesy of the Victoria Clipper. Log on now to 1150kknw.com to be heard and to have a chance at winning. Contest details posted online.
0: Join Marie at the Marriott Redmond Town Center and become a Reiki master the weekend of July 17th. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, two and three. You'll learn how to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants, while Marie uses her symbolic site to provide individual feedback. You'll learn detailed information about the chakra system. You'll receive attunements with guided meditation that allow you to practice Reiki at the master level. Reiki is still Marie's favorite modality. This is truly a transformative weekend with healing and guided meditation. Enrollment is limited. Please call 425 425- for more information or check out Marie's website at
2: energyintuitive.com
0: Outside the box, outside the norm, inside your radio. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Marie Manuceri Show. I'm Marie. This is the show about where energy and medicine meets. And we have our guest, Marilyn Richards, who's a life coach and counselor who helps people through all kinds of unique and challenges. And you have an office in Seattle. I do. Right. And I, people can find, find you on the web at.
1: Yes. D- it's at. Um, you can find me at nwnaturalhealth.com. Mm-hmm. And I also have my own website, which is. Uh, www.marilynrichards.com. Wonderful.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And before we went to a break, we were actually talking about forgiveness, which it's true. When you can get down to that Nitty-gritty, get it all out of the way and realize that everyone's doing the best they can because everyone is. Yeah. We just have all these expectations that people, depending on how they fit in our life, that they're supposed to behave a certain way. Especially family members when,
1: yeah. you know, you're in the intimate family setting and we just irritate each other from time to time. And that's okay. That's part of daily life.
0: It is. It is. And and
1: then you 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 know, and I
0: were speaking speaking off air, and you said that when you were able to forgive your mom, that it just helped your
1: yourself immensely. Yeah, you just felt did. completely free. It really did. It really helped me
3: heal from the inside out.
0: Oh, I think. that's just so beautiful. That's wonderful. Why don't we go back to the phone lines?
3: Very good. Let's talk to Teresa calling all the way from Scotland.
5: Oh, great! Hi, Teresa. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm
0: great. How are you?
5: I'm good. Thanks. Hi, Marilyn. Hi. <laughs> Well, that was a perfect um, topic the last caller had because uh, my question is kind of similar or uh, kind of off of that. Um, my husband has behavioral issues, <laughs> and I'm calling to ask you when you're going through difficult times, um, how is it how is it possible to raise above raise your consciousness above these difficult times? Are there tips or exercises that you could suggest to do that?
1: May I ask what type of behavioral issues are you are you speaking of? <laughs>
5: Um, our relationship's just been um, um, kind of disintegrating over the last year, and um, we go between um, you know arguing and then and then he'll try to be really, really good, and then um, I think he'll lose his patience and become very abrupt. and um, and I think that I would just really like to be happy. And I'm wondering if there are you know things that I can do to just not be kind of in the negative low energy and just kind of raise my spirits above.
1: Hmm. Well, I have a point of view about relationships and um my point of view is we're only always in charge of our own behavior. I I mean, you know, I uh, I'm clear about one thing and that is I'm all, I can only control my own response and I can't control, you know, the responses of my family members including my husband, my kids, whatever it is. And so, um, you know, for many, it's very tempting for women, especially, I think, to say, my husband isn't doing it right. Mm -hmm. And so unless he's, you know, got some serious physical issues, and that may or may not be the case, I don't know. But, you know, your job is to bring your best self to this marriage. And that may mean looking at your own, just do a self-evaluation and see what are the attitudes that you're holding and how is it playing out? Because really, in the end, you only can always control your own reactions. And you have choices there. But yeah. you really don't have choices in terms of how, what, what he's bringing to it or how right. he'll be. You know, I do, though, believe that when you change, your relationship will change. But I'm a big, I'm a big believer in uh, personal responsibility and empowerment and doing <laughs> your best to bring what you, you know. If, if you're committed to the relationship and, and you have a thread of love there, I think that there's a lot you could build on. That's Mm -hmm. just my, that's my personal take Mm on Mm -hmm. relationships. Yeah. And I I think that it sounds a little bit
0: um, like there might be a little bit of refereeing going on on your part. And that takes so much energy, you know. Trying to get someone to behave a particular way or wash over their behavior in terms of correcting it in front of friends and family or the kids or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And and then it's challenging to have a real relationship with someone when we're refereeing the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I would t- do a little check in on that. Are you trying to protect the kids or yourself or, you know, you want him to be a particular way? And and he gets to just be who he is, you know, okay. and and then you'll have more energy. That'll be a nice energy booster when you're not refereeing his behavior, his words, wh- whatever's going on. It may not make you happier, you know. Okay. When we stop refereeing, sometimes we're not always pleasantly surprised. <laughs> sometimes we are. Sometimes we're like, "Oh wow, I like his idea better than mine," you know. But sometimes we're not pleasantly surprised, and that's just more information. More knowledge about okay, so here's another area of our life that you know isn't working, perhaps in the way I would like it to. But then you now have the energy to maybe help it to get to be improved, if you want it to be, or to be okay with just the way it is and not have it look any different. But refereeing, which is, looks like what you're doing from my perspective, is exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's just exhausting. Yeah. So can, can, I, you, give you, can yeah. I give you can I give an
5: example? Sure. Um, a couple of nights ago, I was supposed to go to my friend's house and we always do this every Tuesday, and, um, and, you know, five minutes before I was supposed to go, um, my daughter was still up, and I had tried to get her to bed, and she kept waking up, and, and then, of course, she saw that I was going out. She was upset and tearful, and, um, and my husband um, kind of started to argue, and it was exactly as she said. It was in front of the children, and it was about something that we were due to discuss later, and I just felt it was really difficult. You know, I was supposed to be going out and my daughter's crying and my husband's starting to argue and, and it felt like, yeah, that I, I could have stepped in and refereed at that point, you know, because we weren't supposed to, I don't, I don't think it's great to argue in front of the kids, you know? Um, and I felt like the timing was just really horrible, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know what to do in that situation. Do you just, do you just walk away? What do you say?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a dad. And yeah. it's his, his job to put the daughter back to bed because you've got plans to go out. Uh, so, yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, if you stay, you're refereeing. And then yeah. you feel guilty. And, you know, because you still feel guilty even now about the whole yeah. situation, which
1: takes yeah. a ton of energy in itself. Yeah. Do you have a suggestion, Marilyn? I think, I think that um, there's a lot of judgment going on there. And, you know, nobody wants to argue in front of the kids. Sometimes it happens and that's just life, in my experience. And so, uh, but I, I would continue to do what Marie said, is do that check-in and see for yourself, are you, are you stepping over the line? Are you being um, overly judgmental of him? And I'm not saying, neither one of us is saying that right. he's right or wrong. Right. But you're, you're, the only thing you have choice and control over is your own, what you bring to it, your emotions, right. your behavior. And um, I, would do, I would continue to do some check-ins on your own and say, am I, you know, Am I being fair minded? Am I letting him? Because honestly, when you back off, it will really create space for him to to step up, to step up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the house wasn't on fire. You know, the, mm-hmm. he wasn't
0: drunk. You know, nothing was wrong. A child yeah. got out of bed. That happens. <laughs> it, could, it could have happened all night long. And so did you leave and go to your event or did you stay home?
5: Oh, no, I left. Good. OK. Yeah, so, yeah, good. Excellent choice. So, and, and when a person is going through a difficult situation like that, are there, you know, when you, when somebody talks about raising above um, a level of consciousness, are there things that you can do?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, when you hop in the car, uh, especially whatever happened, I think you said it was yesterday, is yeah. to see your family well, that your daughter's going to get the glass of water or whatever it is that she originally c- complained about that woke her up and that yeah. he's going to tuck her in bed nicely and kiss her all over her face and tell her how adorable she is and go back to his you know, familiar chair in the living room because that's what I keep seeing and watching his television. So, mm-hmm. you know, putting positive energy that everything's going well in your absence um, and in the way that you would like it to be is mm-hmm. actually helping your family, number one, mm-hmm. and helping you that everything's okay. You know, there's yeah. not a fire in the living room.
5: Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to be judgmental and I just, I try so much to want to do it right, you know, right. Um, but sometimes I think it's difficult to know what is the right thing to do, you know.
0: I think that's a valid point, and I, th- I think it's it's an individual thing. you got to check in. Like what Marilyn said, uh-huh. you know, a lot of life is it's the first time we've done certain things, you know, like having children or making decisions about our health or our money. And we the person we end up that we need to trust the most ultimately is ourselves, and it's kind of a trial and error until you get that click inside of you when you know you're making a choice that's in your highest good, which means it's in the highest good of everyone involved, okay. and it takes a little practice. Okay. Yeah, thank so you very don't much. worry, and please don't feel guilty. Just, you know, have a wonderful life, and enjoy your time out with your friends. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.
3: All right, now we're going to talk to Brenna calling from Burian.
0: Hi, Brenna. Hi. How are you?
4: Good, how are you?
0: Great. What can we do for you?
4: Um, Well, it's kind of a weird question, but uh, I've been—my mom passed away in July. You actually— I don't know if you're going to remember her or not, but Jay Legrade. Oh, yes, of course. I yes. know exactly who you are. Oh, yes, man. we both yeah. do. Yes. Yeah. How um, are you? Good. How are you?
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you.
4: Um, and the last, like, two days, my friends and I have been, like, close friends have been talking to her on a Ouija board. And Kathy <laughs> told me to call in to you and talk to you guys and see what you guys thought about that and if you could tell me if she was... I mean, she's been responding, and, like, I didn't believe in that kind of stuff, like, until until, like, two days ago, I, and I was really surprised it actually worked and stuff. But, like, I don't know, Kathy told me to talk to you guys and
0: right, see what you guys right.
4: think about it. Well, <laughs> so.
0: I, you know, both of us have, knew your mother and loved her. I mean, obviously Marilyn knew your mother much more than I did, and mm-hmm. your mother was just an amazing, phenomenal, incredible person, just fabulous. And so we're both sorry for your loss and mm-hmm. grateful to hear your voice and know that your family's doing well because I can feel that your family is doing well. Um, Ouija boards do work. They're portals, literally. Um, Mm -hmm. and and your mother would probably do anything she could to get a message to you guys. (laughs) Uh. I mean, she lived for her family and loved her family very much and was fortunate enough to be surrounded by family when she finally decided to go off and be with other family members on the other side. My only thing about Ouija boards is to say a nice little prayer. Um, put some white light around you. And I'm not a big proponent of protection because I don't really believe in thinking fear-based, but it's a portal. So portals are like an opening, like a vortex. It's opened somewhere in the universe and anything can fly through. (laughs) So, you know, mom can come through and whatever else happens to be hanging out in the universe. So when you say a prayer, because my kids used to call me from slumber parties, mom, there's a Ouija board, what should we do? You know, (laughs) And and I would tell them... um, Say a prayer, you know, that we we allow whatever's in our highest good to come through. Highest good is an important phrase when we're talking about spirituality because every being, regardless of where they are in their evolutionary process, is growing towards their higher self and their highest good. So everything in the universe complies to that statement. So, you know, say a prayer, you know, only those things that are our highest good are welcomed in through the Ouija board and we lovingly surround ourselves with bright light and thanking those that are here for our highest good for the communication that occurs. So that's what I would do first and foremost, and you can mix it up a little bit. Um, But yeah, of course, your mom would do anything to connect with you so that you know without a shadow of a doubt how much she loves you. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank and, you so much. Oh,
1: go ahead. And Marilyn. one other thing, Brenna, your mom was so loving and so spiritually.